Hello and welcome to Hugh to Hugh Think You Are. I'm Zoe. I'm Robin. And this week we watched The Lady and the Highwayman, 1989's made-for-TV movie. <laughs> made, made, I, I don't know, made for TV or just like ended up on TV? Like, mm. what, this feels like it was made for 1995 computers. <laughs> this just feel, it feels like I was... I don't know. It just it doesn't really feel so much like a film as like some weird adventure game where you'd control the characters or something. Mm. Uh, the way it looks, you know? I was really surprised. This up on IMDb and the reviews were like amazing film. I watched this when I was a kid and I was so excited to find a copy of it now as an adult. It's absolutely incredible. Every kid should watch it. It's such an amazing example of the genre. That is such a, I think that's very telling because yeah. I can see this being the kind of obscure movie that families would have on VHS or that kids would watch in a classroom. Um, and you know and... what, I did not find it family friendly. <laughs> no, it, it, it not, it's not. But, you know, I, I think that it's the kind of movie where, you know how like families have those VHSs back in the day where it's just like, mm. how did you come across this? Why do you have this on tape? What yeah. like bargain bucket did you find this in? And yeah. then later in life, people will ferociously try and remember what that is and think fondly of it for undeserved reasons. Yeah. Um, that's well, the kind of vibe. While I was watching this film, I wrote down in all caps, what the fuck? Do you know which part of the film that was in reference to? Uh, I would like to guess it is the scene where uh, Lord Drysdale steps on a dog until it dies. <laughs> it was exactly that. Yes. <laughs> it was the scene, the scene where he stamps on a dog um, repeatedly and the camera is kind of from the dog's perspective. Yes. It's like, it's like this cartoon villain's foot it just was like, really both dramatic and traumatic it took me a moment to realise what was going on um, <laughs> because it just didn't feel like the film was going in that direction I guess like, like even if there was a villain it was like you know he's a cartoon villain uh, he's so like cartoonishly evil that surely he couldn't actually do anything that bad Uh and then he, in swift succession, sexually assaults uh, his wife and kills her dog. Would you like to hear my synopsis of this film? Uh, yes, I would very much like to hear a synopsis of this film. Side note, this film came out in 1989, so it's the same age as Taylor Swift. Oh, wow. Okay, well, uh, maybe Taylor Swift could write a song about this one. Mm. <clears throat> At the end of Cromwell's reign... We meet Lucius Vine, played by Hugh Grant, a royalist who loves the king so much the king gives him one of his special rings. Then we meet Panthea Vine, who's tricked into marrying a gross old man for reasons. He murders her dog and is in the process of assaulting her when her cousin, Lucius Vine, turns up, this time in disguise as sexy highwayman Silver Blade. He kills her husband. 
Panthea then goes to live at court with the reinstated king and queen, still longing for her cousin, Lucius Vine. There are some mean people who want her dead because she's hot, and so they also want her cousin, Lucius slash Silverblade, dead because he's doing secret murders that he says is because the king wants him to, but also the king doesn't know that he's doing them. They make it look like Panthea and her cousin murdered Panthea's mean husband, and they would have got away with it if it weren't for that pesky ring which comes back. Uh, Lucius manages to save Panthea, his cousin, from being executed at the very last minute. The king pardons them. The end. Yeah, you know, um, as Zoe delicately emphasized, uh, <laughs> the 1600s was a time when people be finding their cousins hot and... That's just the way it is, you know. It's, yeah. uh, it was, uh, you know, you know, it was, uh, that's a lot. The, mo- the movie is, you know, firstly, there are just so many cousins. Like, everyone's a cousin of everyone. Uh, sure. And they don't seem to roam further afield than the cousinships uh, they have with each other. Um, so, I, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like marrying your cousin or whatever was was whatever back then. Um, but yeah. it was certainly funny watching this movie where that seemed to go by unannounced. And I was just standing, I was just like, you know, shouting at the TV, like, why is no one talking about this? <laughs> There's an elephant in no the room. No one mentioned here. it. And I just felt like, like, we meet her and we figure out that they're cousins. And I was just immediately like, okay, interesting. They're not going to be love interests because I know that this is a film that is written in the 80s Hmm. it's not an adaptation of something from that time period it's something that was written in the 80s and surely no one would make a film in which someone marries their cousin now would they sounds like interesting i wonder where this is what's going to happen when she finds out he's her cousin nothing it turns out she's going to marry him yeah i i read online somewhere someone saying like this movie feels like so much older than an 80s movie like it somehow yeah. it somehow manages to feel even more dated like if you watched it in 1989 you'd be like wow this is old when did this come out? <laughs> you know like because it is is so unconvincingly like produced and directed and like especially i think it kind of gets better as it goes along but towards the beginning it, it looks so phony <laughs> it's like pain it's painfully like amateur um, <laughs> where they're all just like riding their horses through the caves yeah there's loads of like these weird there's these weird like chase scenes it looks uh, like and, a like, pantomime yeah they're, they're just going through these obtuse like static rectangular backgrounds and and uh all of their costumes feel like you know student props or something and hugh grant looks like he's like cosplaying as zorro um <laughs> and all this shit and it's very like yeah I, I feel like I, I if I watch this I'd be like oh a movie about cousin incest well I guess it was made in the 50s so what can you do um and then it's like no this is from 1989 but hey people love a cousin marriage story I have a theory yeah I think that this movie was very deliberately lost to time uh perhaps via Hugh Grant's estate. Um, because why are we only seeing mm. this on his filmography now? I mean, this is 
a new yeah. development. We we didn't know about this movie until last week. So yeah, this was mysteriously added yes. to his Wikipedia page. And, and like also like I think if we can just take a moment actually and discuss something that's more interesting than mood than the movie, which is the Wikipedia page for the movie, <laughs> which um, is stunning. It, it which is bizarre. Yeah, uh, and very weirdly written. Uh, it's um, you know it's. It, it's written as if someone was very enthusiastic about getting the movie some renown. You know, it's like it was written by someone who really yeah. loves the movie. Basically, the Wikipedia page is funny, is what I'm trying to say. It includes sentences such as, the event will come back to haunt them both. And yes. later Castlemaine is fit to be tied and swears to take revenge for the slight. Yeah, and also my favourite bit is... Uh, at the end they're married and all as well yeah (laughs) which i enjoy is like a perspective from the audience of like i was worried for a moment there about uh about about these cousins but they're fine so it's okay as the hulking axeman is in mid-swing an arrow from lucius strikes his shoulder causing his blow to miss panthea's head but lucius and panthea are surrounded escape is seemingly impossible but meanwhile in an amazing deus ex machina the plodding rudolph who can't <laughs> yes. wait till he is sure lucius is dead barges in before the king and demands to be declared the duke of manston hall I it's have just to... it's someone who is thrilled by the film <laughs> i i would say that potentially it was written by uh, John Howe. Uh, I don't know if you know that name. He is the director of I The Lady know. and the Highwayman. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I mean, it's. I also don't think that. I, I would contend that it's an amazing uh, Jue Machina, however you say that phrase. I have no idea. I took a guess, and as I was saying it, I was. Deus, worried. I think it's Deus Ex Machina. Is that what you said? That is what I said, but I don't know if that is correct. I think I that is correct. Listen, if anyone out there knows <laughs> la- Latin? Yes. I'm going to say it's Deus, <laughs> but I think that... Um, I think that... Um, it, you know, I, 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 that was signalled a mile away for me, that, yes. that particular Deus Ex Machina. Um, yes. And, you the know, film th- opens with the king being like, take my ring and use it when you need it. Yes, and then later Hugh Grant is like, hey, l- look, can you get this ring to the king? Uh, no reason, but can you just take <laughs> this ring and give it to him? Uh, and there are ten minutes of the movie to go, but can you do that? Yeah. Um, and then the evil guy is like, haha, the ring is mine. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it, it's hardly like, oh, this ring is of no significance. This was just a, you know, a little, a little red herring they threw in. Um... Yeah. What did you think of Hugh Grant? Um Look, let's let's give him a little bit of a leeway here because this was technically his second movie, I believe. Was it? I mean, this is after Privileged. Well, here's the thing. And you can tell he's all grown up now. I don't know how much of a success the Princess Bride was when it came out. Mm. Um, but I'm guessing that they saw whoever made this saw that and thought wow i want to make a film like that and so i can't help but compare hugh grant's performance to the performance of the guy who played wesley in that film they're they're basically the same character i i also think that um he's not i i don't know it's not like he 
kind of a very weak like when you look at the early roles that Hugh Grant had mm-hmm. he played three different no I think he played four different lords across his first like eight or nine movies which makes uh, sense because he's very posh he's very very posh and mm-hmm. I and he in this one also at least while playing a lord gets to play Zorro you know he gets to play the bandit yeah. who is a badass and does does action that Hugh Grant would do such as fencing and um mm. you know that kind of thing and and ho- holding two pistols aloft so <laughs> it's kind of a fun role in that sense because he is just doing all of his goofy stuff also i think that uh just a little bit of uh Hugh Pod trivia um i think that this movie being added to his filmography makes 1988 the busiest year in Hugh Grant's career uh, so 1995 has been pipped because I believe 1995 he was in wow. five films and in 1988 he was in a whopping six movies uh, wait was this 1988 because I've got 1989 written down uh, I've got 1998 oh yeah that's on his Wikipedia filmography but then if you click through to the lady in the highwayman it says 1989 well, the late 80s were clearly a boon mm. for Hugh Grant's career. I guess I basically missed the late 80s. I travelled the wide, wide world and came back to this. This is like the mania of our <laughs> internets barely connecting with one another. <laughs> and us having also very little to say about this TV movie. As you know, we are in the thick of it right now. Well, I mean, as I was saying, there are many parallels to <laughs> The Princess Bride. Um, so please give us as many as you can okay um someone that you care there's um the two main characters who are love interests and the woman really cares about someone and then he disappears and she thinks that he's dead but then he comes back as a masked sort of robin hood type vigilante who she uh falls in love with despite not realizing who he is Mm, also he's sick at sword fighting and is constantly like tricking people with his wit as well as his sword play his word play as well as his sword play yes like for instance for instance though did you notice his uh his pickup line uh no. when when uh what's her name again plethora panthea panthea totally real name when panthea comes to the house that is technically her house that he's hiding out in. Um, he says, while she is in the house, I love this house and all that is in it. Um, and she fucking loves it. Um, yeah. You know, there's lots of stuff like that. Also, if I, if I can quickly pivot to my favourite line of the movie, actually, while we're talking about lines, it was um, whoever the baddie lord is, who was also, by the way, her cousin, as you may have touched on, uh, Rudolph. Yes. Uh, yes, Rudolph. When when he's talk when he's talking to um uh Panthea about her late husband, and he says, "My deepest, by the way, commiserations." Um, just like completely, just nonchalant, disinterested. Uh, sorry, your <laughs> husband is dead. <laughs> moment that I really rip. Enjoyed. Rip. I mean, look, none of us miss him. Yeah, <laughs> I just speaking of the husband. I just found it so strange that we went, within like five or ten minutes, we went from the husband brutally stamping a dog to death 
and it was like a long and protracted scene with screaming and it was quite intense mm -hmm. to the husband being killed in a way that I literally blinked and missed it. I thought it was interesting how he, the, his, he died by uh, just invincibility potion for Hugh Grant because Hugh Grant is introduced and it's just like, oh, he will always beat you at any combat ever. Um, yeah. Which is funny because we don't really see any more combat from him until the very end of the movie when it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's just he's just introduced and immediately killed off. And, and that's that for Drysdale. So also the way that he dies is very funny. He like literally, he's like laughing because of uh, Hugh Grant being noble enough to like kill him or fight, fight him in a gallant way. Um, and he mm -hmm. says gallantry is for fools and he's laughing and then Hugh Grant stabs him and he's still laughing and he falls onto the floor and dies yeah. which again um, is lifted straight from Princess Bride a, a, a smiling death yeah you know the scene in, have you seen the Princess Bride uh, no but I feel like I know enough about it from context from just knowing you you need to sort your life out and watch the Princess Bride so there's a scene where Wesley is locked in a battle of wits I don't know this character's name but he thinks he's really smart and it's like there's poison in one of the cups which one is it going to be and this guy is like you know talking his way through and he's like ah but you know that I know that you know that I know you know it's all funny um, and then he drink, they both drink, and then he starts laughing, and he's like, I switched the potions, you drank them with poison, and then while he's still laughing, he falls over and dies. Oh, okay, so it's like, it's like the Scott Pilgrim bit. You know. I don't know, because I've not seen Scott Pilgrim, and I never so will. You are a nerd, you should, sure, you should surely have suffered Scott Pilgrim in its entire You know I hate Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, basically, there's a scene in that where he offers him the cup that doesn't have well, you know, the hemlock the, the, the nerd equivalent of hemlock, it's like half and half coffee or some shit um, mm. and he takes away someone's, you know what, we don't need to talk about Scott Pilgrim <laughs> we, if I'm going to be talking to you and the connection's going to be clear we might as well talk about the movie at hand or the Princess Bride okay, uh, so the movie at hand it just looked shit, like everything about it looked like shit hmm it just looked like shit. The camera, what do you call that? I've Cinemat seen The Princess Bride. <laughs> the costumes, shit. The acting, shit. The set, shit. Everything about it, shit. Sorry, I'm just having the realisation that I have seen The Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> it's the movie with the the granddad who tells tells the story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, it's so shit, wall to wall. I mean, the one thing I thought was actually kind of passable in places was like, when the writing wasn't too narratively leading to anything. Mm. Like some of the, like the friendships and stuff were fine. You know, her her and her the Queen's um you know cavalry her of aunt. Yes, her aunt exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, and I and like it, it was hooky enough in terms of like um what's her what's her name villain? Lady Emma Darlington? Uh is that her? Is she the is she Probably. the villain? I didn't. You think I wrote down their names, Robin? She was. She I've was got Lucius an, and Panthea. She was an enjoyable villain because her entire motives were like, well, I could potentially be horny for that person in the future, so I need to crush the opposition. Um, yes. Like how, it, like it just felt like she had her motive mostly was just that she disliked Panthea and wanted to get her. Yeah, I mean they're then, basically identical women, and this like, one is like she's just too hot; she has to go. Yeah, 
and at, and at the end she's like oh she visits uh Hugh Grant in jail and is like you know what I'll I'll free you from jail if you marry me and then we'll have sex and he's yeah. like no and she's like well then I hope you rot and it's like and just kind of like what was the big plan here because you did like a lot of long long form like long games yeah it I feel like that she was just like I'm the hottest girl in court. This is what I want. Yes. But right at the end, when Silverblade pops up, she's like, and actually what I want is to be your wife. But I, had she met him before? What's the plan? What happened? Yeah, it felt like very high stakes Mean Girls. Like mm. if Mean Girls had capital punishment, basically, <laughs> is like the vibe of this movie. Um, and like, also like, all the genre mashups, like it became a court procedural for a yes. bit. And it was so, it was like <laughs> such a weak procedural. And, she, and like, yeah, like Panthea, uh, all the cliches, like she de- she defended herself at trial uh, and uh, and was sentenced to death. And then he saved her at the lot. You know, Hugh Grant jumped in to save her. Um, lo- lots of, lots of cliched beats. Mm. I would wager this might have been one of, John Hughes' first and only movies. Oh yeah. no, he has he has directed a lot of films. I feel like is it John Hoff? John Hoff, sure, why not? And this was actually his like thirtieth movie. Oh wow, yeah, he's done loads. He directed a lot of uh, old school adaptations of Marvel comics, such as The Avengers, apparently. So Legend. that's fun. Uh, oh, maybe that's not a, maybe that's not a Marvel thing. Maybe that just has the same name. How confusing! So, uh, <laughs> got to talk about some things though. <laughs> Can we talk about Hugh Grant's hair? Yeah, it was very interesting, wasn't it? I it reminded me of my hair. No, uh, but a bit more mullety. Your hair's and, much better than that. But but the way I I really enjoyed the way it fell down below his his you know his ears onto his neck. But then the front of it, there was just something going on that I didn't really understand. And also, he had a little goatee, kind of, or like the the maybe the beginnings of a goatee. Um, I didn't even notice that. He had like a little like. Oh my god! What's it called when it's just is just the bit that's below, like a soul patch? Oh, a soul patch. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. He had like a little. Wow, soul patch. that's horrific. Yeah, it was it was horrific, and it but it was like a look that was like, yeah, you could be someone's cousin. <laughs> You could be that cousin that like someone doesn't talk to that much. Yeah, I just felt like a lot of the the, the dialogue was so poor and the acting was so poor. Like, did you notice that the first few scenes had a voiceover and then that just trailed away? I don't remember that, but I I am happy about that because of because we, then we, we love that. Well, we all we we all know your now well documented distaste for voiceovers in Hugh Grant movies but I'm guessing this one wasn't done by Hugh Grant so it's fine no it wasn't and I also think it was actually necessary to have the voiceover so you'd like cut to a scene and the voiceover would be like Panthea and her aunt move to court in order to pursue a new life without her husband (laughs) and you'd be like like I'd be like thank god someone's told me this because I just wouldn't know from any other context clues I also really enjoy the idea that the, the movie's like so, um, Panthea, like, 
so you might be wondering what she's been up to since her husband's died. Well, she's she's still she's still at it. She's still she's still royal. <laughs> she's still yeah. popular, you know. Um, and uh, also like she's still um, hot. She's still popular, but you know what? She's not a bitch about it. <laughs> as the Wikipedia very deftly uh, describes it, her entire role in court is just to not draw attention to the fact that the king has a mistress. Um, yes. With such amazing lines as uh, in in the Wikipedia, um, what is it that, that there's something where it's like they tell her not to look at her or something, and I was like, indeed. <laughs> but um, yeah, there there was some strange directorial decisions for sure. Um, the music was blaringly loud, um, like genuinely hard to listen to at points. Um, there was far too much horse riding. There were flashbacks um, at one point. Um, no, you see, I watched this film a couple of days ago. And everything <laughs> that you're saying feels brand new to me. This movie is the most recent thing I have in my head, um, but it looks like it looks like it w- it it was made to be like it. It has the look of an educational movie. Understand that the king has a mistress. <laughs> I believe that it's her mistress, or it's someone's. She is a mistress of renown. Right. <laughs> and is that is that Lady Castlemaine? Uh, I don't fucking who knows. <laughs> you know, I know the. I know that they're all ladies and lords, and then you've got the silver blade and his friends. You've got the. You've got the sort of royal policemen. Mm. Like they get to arrest people, but I'm not really sure what they do really um because yeah. he's like he arrests her and he's also the lord the persecutor um i don't know i've i've got fucking nothing <laughs> nothing so <laughs> well should we just move on to who's the boss because let's face it this is going to be difficult for dad to edit <laughs> Yeah, fuck it. Sorry, everyone. This, this, this week was a bust. I'm, you know, you're still cutting out for me a lot, so I'm yeah, yeah, having too. to piece things together. Uh, I'm going to put this uh, above Florence Foster Jenkins and Bitter Moon uh, and the Bengali Night, I think. And Night Train to Venice. Okay. And Death to 2020. Okay. That's, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the vibe I'm getting from this. Like, it's not a good film, but it's definitely not as bad as a lot of the films we've seen. You know what, Zoe? I think the thing is, like, um, I was able to watch this whole thing without being like, I want to, yeah. when will it end? Like, I was having fun. Yeah, I was having an all right time. It was, like, a pretty hokey, hacky, bad thing. And it was, at times, I was like, who cares? But also, like, there was enough going on that it was a movie that I could sit and watch, you know? Um, so that's yeah. that, that's fine, and um, some you know some good horse riding. Yeah. Where do you? Um, can you read me like the five that I've got above my bottom five? Yes, of course. So uh, you've your your bottom five before bottom five are restoration, which I'm surprised by. White mischief, the man from Uncle, Night Train to Venice, Florence Foster Jenkins. Believe it or not, you have five movies below Florence mm. Jenkins. I definitely liked it more than Florence Foster Jenkins, and I definitely liked it more than Night Train to Venice and The Man from Uncle. Okay. What was the one above The Man from Uncle? White Mischief. 
I liked it better than White Mischief. There you go. So rest, it'll be below Restoration. Yeah, it's I... not as good as Restoration. But well, nice I... that my two Restoration era films are together. I was going to say, we. I guess we didn't really chat about this being a Restoration movie. Do we, do we want to go in on that? Well, they're different eras of the Restoration era. And they're also... They're also about different things i feel like this movie doesn't stray from the the court whereas restoration yeah. obviously has more scope it's more like um restoration is much more um it, it's 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 more ambitious mm-hmm. it wants to talk about society at whole but at also, whole and it also it As also it also goes into that the debauchery side of things a lot more it's a more it's more this movie yeah this, it's, this it, movie it wants very... to talk about the restoration era yeah. This movie is a love story set during the Restoration era, whereas Restoration is trying to tell us about that time. Two two movies that suggest to me that romance in the Restoration era was not a good thing, though, because in this movie you marry your cousin who you've met once because he <laughs> saved you from your pr- a, a prior marriage. Yes. Uh, on the on the side of the road, and uh, Restoration, you uh, exploit a person with mental health issues and marry her. So, yeah. Yeah. So moving forward uh, <laughs> and looking at Hughes next, I believe what have you got in store for us? I believe it's my choice, not that there is a huge amount to choose from now. Uh, I think we, well, we've got maybe like two, three films left. Yeah, not a lot. Uh, so what I have chosen for us, uh, keeping in mind that, well... I you know I I feel like we have a couple of like thing we've been watching stinkers for a very long time um mm. and I think that I've decided we're going to watch the gentleman uh, okay which I'm not going to enjoy that <laughs> I've seen it before I just feel like it will be it it, it came out this century yeah <laughs> we might enjoy that about it and uh and I'm just not ready to pull the trigger on um, on the one Mark Lawrence movie we have left yet. <laughs> so... With The Gentleman, my concern is that I do not enjoy any films that don't have girls in it. And this film seems to have, you know, a token girl. I believe there are a couple of girls in it, is what I want to say. I, w- I want to say two. <laughs> well, I'm excited. <laughs> Uh, I just want to apologise to everyone uh, for today's episode. Um, <laughs> our internet was not working very well, and we don't have another time that we can record this <laughs> in the week. So, uh, yes. and also, you didn't want to hear about this movie anyway. Honestly, don't watch it. It's not yeah. a not a who do you think you are recommends. Yeah, exactly. And and we'll be back with 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 more fun. Uh, so. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you we should put up a... just after you said we'll be back. <laughs> We'll be back after this short message. Uh, Well, you know who you are. Thank you, everyone. Yes, I'll see you later. Bye.